Hi guys, welcome back to Yank Speaks. This is Zach Grauman, one of the co-hosts of this podcast with Andrew. Look, we recorded this episode um, right after the Georgia election and we were elated. We we're really happy and you'll hear from Andrew, myself and, and Jermaine Johnson, who's a South Carolina state representative who we love and we're super excited. Um, but in between, right as we were about to press uh, send, if you will, and put this up for air, um, our capital um, was being stormed by um, some really violent, violent protesters and um, insurgents is, is another word for it. Um, and we just wanted to say um, to us, it's disturbing and we want everybody to stay safe. So if you're in DC or anywhere, please stay safe. Um, and we hope that our message at Yank Speaks very much is for the unity of our country over any political party. We're all humans and in America, in this country, we're all, we all are American. Um, so stay safe, we love you guys. This is a very happy podcast, but we didn't want it to be tone deaf, so we are aware of that and we'll be making more comments as the days, um, days continue. Thank you all, love you guys. All right, welcome back to Yang Speaks. This is Zach Grauman, one of the co-hosts of this podcast with Andrew, and we are in a very, very happy mood for the future of the country because the Georgia runoff for Senate happened last night and the Democrats won not one, but both seats. And we're fired up. And look, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, both Purdue and Kelly Loeffler, the two Republicans that lost, are two individuals that when the COVID pandemic hit, went to their stock portfolio and sold their stocks before telling anyone else. That's the type of scumbags they are. And we've kept them out of Congress, we being the Democratic Party or just Americans or particularly Georgians. So I'm pr proud of you, Georgia. Andrew and I are fired up. I've got, so here's what we got today. Andrew's on the road, but he recorded a, a love note to you um, and everybody and kind of his thoughts. So we're going to, we're going to hear from Andrew quickly. And then we've got my, one of my favorite humans on the planet, uh, South Carolina, recently elected South Carolina state rep, Jermaine Johnson. Um, and he was our former South Carolina campaign chair down in the state when we were running for president. Um, you want to hear from him because he's been on the ground, both in Georgia and South Carolina, mobilizing voters and mobilizing the back black community on this race and a lot of key issues. So it's a fascinating perspective. It's a fun episode. We're rejoicing today. Tune in. Yank Speaks. Oh my gosh, Georgia, we did it, you did it. This is incredible. Tens of millions of Americans, hundreds of millions of Americans can look forward to our government actually being able to rise to this challenge and do some work on our behalf because John Ossoff, Reverend Warnock are on their way to the US Senate. Mitch McConnell's getting demoted and you helped make this possible. Thank you particularly to all of the folks who knocked on doors, phone banked, text banked, donated, did the work trying to give us this chance to flip the Senate, to make Georgia blue, but also to give our entire country a functional government. I am so happy. I am so grateful. This should be something that we celebrate in like a, an incredible 
way because I, I can't even remember a victory this important since uh, Trump lost <laughs> to Joe. I know it's funny. That seems like a little while ago, even though he hasn't been inaugurated. Um, but so grateful to everyone who put in the work. Uh, it was tremendous spending time with the, the people of Georgia. And this victory is for all of us. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Let's go, Georgia. It's a new day in America. 2021. Let's do some work. And Yang Yang, those of you who supported our efforts in Georgia, those of you who even came, uh, you know, the Math Mansion, Humanity Forward Georgia, though you were already there, obviously you live there. <laughs> but everyone who did this, I hope you embrace this feeling and reflect on what this means. We can be the difference makers in our nation's shared destiny. It's awesome. I'm so proud of us. I'm proud of you. I'm so grateful. Uh, let's take advantage of this time. And now let's put the pressure on Joe Biden and his newly Democratic Senate to try and get $2,000 cash relief out. And that's just the start. We helped make it happen. I am so freaking proud of us. And let's go. 2021, Georgia. This is the best. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses that's tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com yang. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. What a night. What a night. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. And to discuss it, you can hear the hearty laugh. It's my favorite laugh. There's like, like one person... You can hear it. It's beautiful. There's very few people that have such a hearty laugh and give better bear hugs than the one and only Jermaine Johnson. But I want to make sure I introduce him right because this man is officially a South Carolina representative right now and who's elected, just sworn in, what, Jermaine, a couple weeks ago? De December 1st, man. December, December 1st. 1st. So about yeah. a month ago. Um, and he was um, our South Carolina campaign chair and wanted to make sure Jermaine was on here to kind of talk about the significance of uh, the election last night in Georgia. We're recording this. This just happened. Um, and you're listening to this about, about uh, a day and a half since um, the news came out. But the Democrats have won both seats in Georgia. 
And it feels pretty good. So Jermaine, how are you feeling, man? Tell me your oh. network, the communities, your, the pol political world you're operating in. What are you sensing, bud? Oh my God, man! Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here, man. Uh, you know, it's always a great, <laughs> a great time to, to spend with my buddy Zach, man. And, and looking at that beautiful hair he's got, you know, <laughs> so it's not falling out yet. Year. Only a little, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I mean, what what's going on, man? Is I mean, just the magnitude of what we have witnessed down there in Georgia uh, with this historic win. You know, Reverend Warnock is going to be the first. African American to hold this seat, you know, and, and I, I hold that true to my own heart because I am the first African American to hold my seat and only the, the second Democrat ever elected to my seat. I mean, so, you know, with individuals making history, Reverend Will Not Making History, I remember uh, when I was with the campaign with you all, uh, we were down in Georgia, we met Reverend Will Not down there. And I mean, just, just the, the history behind this, what we have done in Georgia to have not one, but two. Two Democrats coming out of Georgia, going up there to help us out with the Senate. I mean, it is just, it is, it is, it is you know, it's something that we did not ever fathom could be possible. Uh, but we're sitting here and we're standing on the shoulders of giants like uh, Congressman John Lewis, uh, God rest his soul. And now we are going right to the future. And I'm just excited, man. I always try to think about what the average person is looking at this, right? Where it's like the average American, like looking at what just happened in Georgia. And for I think the average person, like man, Georgia's been a red. That's like a southern state. That's like a red. Neon that's like red. red as it gets yeah. forever, you know. Um, and here we are, where it was a toss up on the election election night, right? Like it's super close. They had to go to a runoff, and historically in runoffs in Georgia, but also elsewhere around the country, Democrats don't do very well. We don't usually turn out as well. Um, it's not our forte. And so not only did, um, we perform well in both the presidential and this runoff, um, we won like Democrats literally won. So in your opinion, like what, what's changed down in these communities, like from, from the people you're talking to, like what, what is driving that? Um, is it the black community? Is it some of the work Stacey Abrams doing? I know there's like, I mean, the API turnouts higher in Georgia. Like thoughts on, on what you think you've, what, what's happening? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a complete conjunction of, of everything you just stated there, right? Because, you know, we have people like Stacey Abrams who is tired of uh, voter disenfranchisement uh, for the people down there in Georgia. So she got out there and instead of, you know, fading into the background, like a lot of these uh, candidates do after they've lost the race, you know, she jumped out at the forefront and said, all right, well, you know, whatever happened to me won't happen to anybody else. You know, and she got out there and she really, you know, took this whole election by the bullhorns and drove it home. I mean, she was vocal. She's been in, in the community. She's been doing the work. You know, she's been organizing and strategizing and, has, and, and it's, it's paid off. You know, so what we're seeing is that people are just tired of things. You know, even some of the Republicans are tired of what they saw. They, you know, they believe in democracy. They believe in you know, uh, what we're seeing in terms of the, the fair, the fairness of our elections. And, you know, we have a president right now who's up there, who's, who's talking trash about, you know, how these elections are being conducted. And, you know, with a state like Georgia, where it's ruby red, like it's been, and for it to have a president that's talking bad about his own part, his own people, you know, people are just tired of it, man. They're tired of it. They want civility back in the White House. They wanted civility in the Senate. They want civility in the House. And they all came out. You know, we even saw that a large percentage of people went out and just voted for Warnock because they were like, listen, we're just trying to get this thing done. 
And the only way you can explain that is either the people came in and voted Warnock himself or they did Warnock and Purdue. Like they, they're tired of it. So these people are split on what they're trying to do, but they're tired of the mess. They're tired of the immaturity. They're tired of the, the, the baseless lies. You know, the things that are just coming out of, out of Washington right now. They want something different. They want the future to be here and we're embracing the future. So, you know, the people that I'm talking to in South Carolina, they're even saying we're even more energized here in South Carolina now. You know, it's like, man, we can do that because we saw what happened with Jamie Harrison and Lindsey Graham. And we're like, man, this mess, you know, we can do exactly what Georgia did. So I, I, I imagine that South Carolina is headed in the same direction that Georgia is because we see it is possible. And now we have a renewed faith in this entire process. Yep. And I think so for context, everybody, um, Lindsey Graham um, and Jamie Harrison ran a Senate race that just happened in November this year. Jamie had a ton of momentum. The election looked close and it, and it wasn't close. And exactly. the, the takeaway is, is likely the inability to vote. There's a lot of people that say they like him when they answer polls, they do, but they don't vote. And Stacey Abrams, like for agree with her, disagree with her, wherever you land, what she did after losing her governor's race, she's like, I would have won if people were able to vote. And so she went out yes. there and did the freaking work. And yes. like, look, they registered, I think it was 93, 95% of eligible voters in the state of, yes. and like passed real laws. Like if you get a new driver's license in the state of Georgia, they say, do you want to register to vote? Or you automatically register to vote? It is, there's a bunch of things she did that we should do around the country, right? And the, the, yes. it, regardless how you see this, democracy has to reflect its people. And when it doesn't, bad things happen, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it just, uh, you know, we have Black Voters Matter with Natasha Brown. I mean, we've got all these individuals who've been out there doing the work, man. Uh, a good right. buddy of mine with Amplify Action, uh, Brandon Upson. I mean, we have people that, that and it's not even just, uh, it's not even just the people of Georgia, like the people of Georgia came out and they showed out and they voted, but people from all across the country came out to, to, to support and, and came to Georgia, but also instead of going down there, a lot of people did phone banking, a lot of people sent, you know, financial contributions. I mean, it was like all hands on deck, uh, for this, for these two races here, man. And it definitely paid off. And it was just so great to have Stacey Abrams at, uh, you know, at the helm of it all. You know, directing traffic, making sure things were getting done the way it was, man. I mean, it's just an exciting time. This is cool, and uh, it's amazing. And look, the you know, it is the fate of the the world at least for the next two years. Um, and now that the Democrats, we basically have a fifty-fifty split in the Senate um, with Kamala Harris as a tiebreaker. Um, I think, look, it's not filibuster proof. So for those of you, you know, who, if you're listening to this and you don't like the, the left or you don't like the far left, I think you're still going to have like a moderate, um, like a moderate government, um, which is a general win um, for, you know, like the, like the whole country, I think, if we're finding some sort of compromise. But the other piece is that we have so many big problems, Jermaine. There's so many big things that we need a government that's not gummed up by Mitch McConnell and it won't be as much anymore. You know, what we need to look at now is the fact that uh, we can actually start to prioritize the things that need to get done, you know? Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about that opportunity uh, because what we have now is we can actually get our strategies in place, which is, you know, the, the number one thing on top of the ticket needs to be getting this coronavirus thing, you know, uh, under control, but in conjunction with uh, getting people some of this cash relief. You know, if we could do both of those things, man, I mean, it, it, 
you know, the America can, can turn around. Amen. So that's my, that's my good question for you. I, I think it's like, the numbers are not out yet, but we have the presidential numbers and they're going to be relatively similar. I think it's very, very fair to say that the Biden administration owes the black community a large favor. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> the owes its yeah. presidency to that. Yeah. And it, you can, that stems back from South Carolina where Joe was, um, he did okay in Nevada, I believe. And then had an epic comeback in um, South Carolina. You could go down the cities, you know, where uh, I'll never forget where um, there was a black community leader in Detroit when um, when he won Michigan, mm-hmm. and he said, "We used to pick cat, we used to pick cotton, now we pick presidents." It was like hell, yes. it was like such a it was an awesome moment, <laughs> and uh, he it was pretty badass. I think I said that, and yeah. uh, but to me, it was like what? So what? Like, but I think it is important to understand this, like. Because obviously not not all black people are the same, and like that's a, that's a tough that's a that's a tough um, burden, if you will, or um, for the Biden administration. So, in your opinion, um, and the opinion of those around you, if you can, and your maybe your constituents and in your community, what when we say the Biden administration owes the black community a favor, what does what does that mean? What what should that look like? What should be on their agenda for for this community? Well, the first thing that definitely needs to come back to the forefront has got to be the conversation around reparations, you know, and and talking about what does reparations look like. Uh, You know, this has been a hot topic for, you know, a number of years about, you know, this conversation of what reparations is and how it will work and all that. He has got to mention that. He has to. You know, he's got to talk about that and see what it can be, what can be done. Um, He's got to uh, lean on on our leaders such as Jim Clyburn and talk to uh, Congressman Clyburn about, you know, uh, what, what can we do with, with the plan that Congressman Clyburn had talked about, you know, helping individuals in the struggling communities? Um, he, he's, he's got to talk about those different things that really uh, affect us, not just the typical conversation of, of, of criminal, you know, criminal reform and that type of stuff. Uh, he's got to talk about other things, because like you said, not all black people are the same. We don't all think alike. You know, there, there's there's sometimes in these different communities, there's a, uh, a disconnection between rich black and poor black. You know, so we've got to figure out how to bridge that gap and be able to meet everybody's needs. And I think a conversation around reparations would be a great starting point to see what that looks like and how that can really affect everybody in the black community, what that would do for all black people and all black Americans. Erica McLeod on our team says this too. He's like, look, every time you're talking about black people, if you're talking about criminal justice reform, you're doing everybody a disservice. Um, uh, It's important, but it's not not the end all be all. And uh, to me, what I I love talking with Andrew when he talked about this is like, it's the economy, stupid, like starting with like resources in people's hands and yeah. opportunity, um, which at least sound like catch all phrases, but the ability to move up in society is, is key to a democracy. It's key for a thriving economy. And particularly in coronavirus right now, right? If these communities, yeah. particularly communities of color are getting hit the hardest. Um, oh, we're getting decimated, man. That has to be front center, you know? He, he has to, you know, uh, there's communities uh, all down here where, where, you know, these little small towns are just completely destroyed. Uh, you know, most of it started because of natural disasters and things like that with the, with the lack of resource that these communities are getting. But then you have on top of that, you put the pandemic in place. And then, you know, these 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 uh, businesses are going out of business. They don't have anybody to spend money there. You know, so, I mean, it, we're completely just being being destroyed down here. Um, so something has got to give, you know, some some cash relief. Something has got to come to these people. 
so that they can, you know, make it through this pandemic and, and you know, not only come back, but come back stronger. If they don't get something done, if they don't start solving the problems you're talking about, like where do you think your communities or communities in Georgia where we're talking about now, or where do you think they start going to? Is it is it violence and unrest? Is it becoming Republican? Is it uh, um, a new political party? Like what? Like where do, where does people hit their threshold, and then what does that look like when when they're at wit's end? In your opinion, I believe this is the end all be all right here. Yeah, I, I believe this is what we've been waiting for for you know some a long time. You know, ha- having you know the Senate, having the House, having the presidency, we've been waiting for this. You know, we fought for this. And if they do not hold up their end of the bargain, this will be the end of the base of the Democratic Party. You know, the individuals will be headed to either form their own party or they will be headed to the Republican Party or and it will be a little bit of civil unrest. You know, it's going to be all of that because we fought for this to happen. And it's like fighting for uh, an individual who is not going to fight for you. So, you know, we're going to make sure that we're going to hold this person accountable. We're going to hold this administration accountable. If they don't do it, they will be voted out. They will uh, also be one-term president. Uh, they will be one-term individuals. And we will move forward uh, with coming up with new strategies and new plans to move us forward. Because if if this party uh, having all this power at this point does not do what they said that they will do for us, we'll go elsewhere. And I promise you that uh, you know I will be a part of that group that leaves my community somewhere else. Because I'm going to make mm-hmm. sure that we are getting what's deserved and what we, are, uh, what we have earned and fought for. Country over party, people over party. Um, yes, I agree with you, man. I, um, I guess I think the takeaway is this, man. Like right now, when we can honestly say, "Here you go, Joe." Like here you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> the but you got the ball. You got the pitch, baby. You be you're on the mound. Be the man for the moment, <laughs> man. Be the man for the yeah. moment. Like the like ignore. We are divided. We are pissed off. We are angry. We've put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to where we are. Joe, you've got majority in the House and the Senate. We need a vision. We need big ideas. And we need execution. And we need them fast. Um, yeah. So that, look, I hope he is the man for the moment. Um, frankly, he has to be. Um, to your point, <laughs> it's not going to end well. <laughs> um, but look, man, Jermaine, like that said, I'm a big believer in celebrating wins. Um, and tonight or last night and this week in the, the Georgia runoff was a big win, um, both for the Democrats, but I also believe for the country. I do think it's generally good that we can have a func- potentially functioning, potentially functioning government uh, <laughs> over the next years. That's where we're going to, next two years. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, Jermaine, um, love you, brother. Thank you for being love on you, here. Um, this is Jermaine's now a recurring guest on Yang Speaks and is not going, knowing any, going anywhere. So, um, I appreciate you, you hopping on in like a, uh, a celebratory episode here. Yes, uh, so yes, stay in touch yes, and, yes. and stay awesome. Right, brother. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me on here, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Hope you celebrate this one. <laughs>